Chapter Eighteen of Leatherface: A Tale of Old Flanders. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Leatherface: A Tale of Old Flanders, by Baroness Orksey. Chapter Eighteen: The Last Stand. The word has gone round we must all assemble in the cathedral church every burgher every artisan every apprentice who belongs by blood to ghent must for the nonce cast aside pick and shovel the dead can wait the living claim attention quite a different crowd from that which knelt at prayer this morning it is just two o'clock and the sacred edifice is thronged up in the galleries the aisles the chancel the organ loft the pulpit everywhere there are men young and old men who for two days now have been face to face with death and who wear on their grim faces the traces of the past fierce struggle and of the coming cataclysm there are no women present they have nobly taken on the task of the men and the dainty burghers wives who used to spend their time at music or needlework wield the spade to-day with as much power as their strength allows perfect order reigns despite the magnitude of the crowd those who found no place inside the building throng the cemetery and the precincts behind the high altar the orangist standard is unfurled and in front of the altar rails stand the men who have fought in the forefront of the insurgents ranks who have led every assault affronted every danger braved musket fire and arrow shot and burning buildings and crumbling ruins the men who have endured and encouraged and cheered mark van Rijk, the popular leader lawrence his brother pierre de Nuit, levin van danes frederick van beveren and jan van migrode who is seriously wounded but who has risen from his sick-bed and crawled hither in order to add the weight of his counsel and of his enthusiasm to what he knows van Rijk will propose yes they are there all those that are left and with them are the older burghers the civic dignitaries of their city the sheriffs of the cure the aldermen the vrodschapen the magistrates and the high bailiff himself who is known to be such a hot adherent of alva it is he who has convened this meeting a general rally of the citizens of ghent he called them together by roll of drums and by word of mouth transmitted by volunteer messengers who have flown all over the town this morning we spent in prayer to-day is a day of peace let us meet and talk things over for if wisdom waits upon enthusiasm all is not lost yet the proposal has come from the high bailiff at the hour of noon when men only thought of the grim work of burying the dead and women wandered through the streets to search for the loved one who has been missing since yesterday but at the word of the high bailiff the men laid aside their picks and spades if all is not lost why then there's something still to do and the dead must wait and every man goes to the cathedral church to hear what the high bailiff has to say the church and precincts are crowded in silence every one listens whilst he speaks he has always been a faithful subject of king philip an obedient servant of the regent and the lieutenant-governor his influence and well-known adherence to the king has saved the city many a time from serious reprisals against incipient revolt and from many of the horrors of the inquisition now 
while up there in the castile alva impatiently awaits the arrival of fresh troops which will help to crush the rebellious city the high bailiff pleads for submission he has faith in the human tiger let us throw ourselves at his feet he urges he is a brave soldier a great warrior he will respect your valorous resistance if he sees that in the hour when you have the advantage over him you are prepared to give in and to throw yourselves upon his mercy let us go we who are older and wiser let those who have led this unfortunate revolt keep out of the way i will find the right words i know to melt the heart of our lieutenant governor now turned in wrath against us let us go and cry for mercy and by god i believe that we shall get it like the waves upon the sea the crowd in the church moves and oscillates murmurs of assent and dissent mingle from end to end from side to side no yes twere shameful twere wise there are the women to think of and the children he will not listen why this purposeless abasement van Rijk and the other leaders make no comment upon the high bailiff's appeal even though their whole soul revolts at the thought of this fresh humiliation to be endured by the burghers of ghent once so proud and so independent but they won't speak mark knows that with one word he can sway the whole of this crowd they are heroes all every one of these men at one word from him they will cast aside every thought save that of the renewed fight the final fight to the death they are seething with enthusiasm their blood is up and prudence and wisdom have to be drilled into them now that they have tasted of the martyr's cup you can hear father vanderschlitz's voice now he too is for humility and an appeal for mercy on this the festival day of the holy redeemer the lieutenant-governor is a pious man and a good catholic the appeal is sure to please his ears oh the virtues that adorn the duke of alva in the estimation of his adherents he is pious and he is brave a good catholic and a fine soldier mercy in him is allied to wisdom he will easily perceive that to gain the gratitude of the citizens of ghent would be more profitable to him than the destruction of a prosperous city see this truce which he himself suggested was it not the product of a merciful and a religious mind to pray in peace to obey the dictates of the church to give the enemy the chance of burying the dead were these not the sentiments of a good and pious man monsieur henry de buck senior chapin and judge of the high court has many tales to tell of the kindness and generosity of the duke oh they are very eloquent these wealthy burghers who have so much more to lose by this revolt than mere honour and mere life and the others listen oh yes they listen need a stone be left unturned and since monsieur the high bailiff hath belief in his own eloquence why let him exercise it of course not that there is one whit less determination in any single man in the crowd if the high bailiff fails in his mission they will fight to the last man still but oh who can shut his heart altogether against hope and there are the women and the children and all those who are old and feeble god speed to you then my lord high bailiff charles van Rijk, the pusillanimous father of a gallant son god speed to all of you who go to plead with a tiger to spare the prey which he already holds between his claws the high bailiff will go and with him father vanderschlitt and father laurent toke from st agneton and monsieur de buck 
and francois de wetterin all the men who two days ago were kneeling in the mud at the tyrant's feet and presented him so humbly with the gates of the city which he had sworn to destroy there is no cheering as they detach themselves from the group of the rebel leaders who still stand somewhat apart leaving the crowd to have its will no cheering it is all done in silence men do not cheer on the eve of being butchered they only look on their standard up above the high altar behind the carved figure of the redeemer and though they have given silent consent for this deputation to the tyrant they still murmur in their hearts for orange and liberty jan van Magrode, weak and ill from his wound has had the last word he begs that every one should wait here just as they are in silence and patience until the high bailiff and his friends come back with the news good or bad peace or renewed fighting life or death whichever it is they must all be together in order to decide just at the last the high bailiff turns to his son you do not approve of our going mark he asks with some diffidence i think that it is purposeless replies mark you cannot extract blood out of a stone or mercy out of the heart of a brute they go the once proud burghers of the city of ghent they go to throw themselves for the last time at the feet of that monster of tyranny and cruelty who even at this hour is gloating over the thought of the most deadly reprisals he hath ever dealt to these downtrodden people they go with grave yet hopeful faces in their dark robes which are the outward sign of the humility the loyalty which dwell in their hearts the crowd have wished them godspeed and as they file out of the stately cathedral and through the close the men stand respectfully aside and eye them with a trustful regard which is infinitely pathetic their leaders have remained beside the altar rails grouped together talking quietly among themselves mark van Rijk, however goes to mingle with the crowd to speak with all those who desire a word with him with the men whose heart is sore at the humiliation which they are forced to swallow who would sooner have died than see the dignitaries of their city go once again as suppliants before that execrable tyrant whom they loathe what is thine idea van Rijk? most of the men ask him as they crowd around him anxious to hear one word of encouragement or of hope dost think the tyrant will relent not unless we hold him as he holds us not unless we have him at our mercy then what can we do what can we do do he reiterates for the hundredth time to-day do fight to the last man die to the last man until god wearied of the tyrant's obstinacy will crush him and give us grace but we cannot win in the end no but we can die as we have lived clean undaunted unconquered but our wives our daughters ask them he retorts boldly is it not the women who would lick the tyrant's shoes the hour drags wearily on in imagination every one inside and around the cathedral follows the burghers on their weary pilgrimage half an hour to walk to the castile half an hour for the audience with the duke half an hour to return unforeseen delay in obtaining admittance it may be two hours before they return great many of the men have returned to the gloomy task of burying the dead others to that of clearing the streets from the litter which encumbers them but even those who work the hardest keep their attention fixed upon the cathedral and its approach van Rijk had suggested that the great bell be rung when the burghers came back with the duke's answer so that all who wished could come and hear 
and now the answer has come the high bailiff has returned with fathers vanderschlitt and laurent toke with alderman de buck and de wetteren and with the others they have walked back from the castile bareheaded and shoeless with their hands tied behind their back and a rope around their neck that was the duke of alva's answer to the deputation of flemish patricians and burghers who had presented themselves before him in order to sue for his mercy they had not even been admitted into his presence the provost at the gatehouse had curtly demanded their business and then taken their message to the duke and returned five minutes later with orders to send back the beggars whence they came bareheaded and shoeless and with a rope around their necks in token of the only mercy which they might expect from him the bridge had been lowered for them when they arrived but they were kept parleying with a provost at the gatehouse not a single officer even of lower rank deigned to come out to speak with them the yard was filled with soldiers who insulted and jeered at them the high bailiff was hit on the cheek by a stone which had been aimed at him and father laurent toke's soutane was almost torn off his back every one of them had suffered violence at the hands of the soldiery whilst the duke's abominable orders were being carried out with appalling brutality every one of them was bleeding from a cut or a blow dealt by that infamous crowd who were not ashamed thus to maltreat defenceless and elderly men when they crossed the open tract of country between the castle moat and the scheld a shower of caked mud was hurled after them from the ramparts not a single insult was spared them not a sting to their pride not a crown to their humiliation it was only when they reached the shelter of the streets that they found some peace in silence they made their way toward the cathedral the crowds of men and women at work amongst the dead and the wounded made way for them to allow them to pass but no one questioned them the abject condition in which they returned told its own pitiable tale the cathedral bell had tolled and from everywhere the men came back to hear the full account of the miserable mission the crowd was dense and not every one had a view of the burghers as they stood beside the altar rail in all their humiliation but those who were nearest told their neighbors and soon every one knew what had happened the younger leaders ground their heels into the floor and jan van Migrode, sick and weak as he was was the first to stand up and to ask the citizens of ghent if the events of to-day had shaken them in their resolve you know now what to expect from that fiend will you still die like heroes or be slaughtered like cattle he called out loudly ere he fell back exhausted and faint horror had kept every one dumb until then and grim resolve did not break into loud enthusiasm now but on the fringe of the crowd there were a number of young men artisans and apprentices who at first sight of the returned messengers had loudly murmured and cursed now one of them lifted up his voice it raised strange echoes in the mutilated church we are ready enough to die he said and will fight to the end never fear but before the last of us is killed before that execrable tyrant has his triumph over us lads of ghent i ask you are we not to have our revenge yes yes came from a number of voices still from the fringe of the crowd where the young artisans were massed together well spoken peter bald let us have revenge first revenge revenge echoed from those same ranks every word echoed from pillar to pillar in the great bare crowded church and now it was from the altar rails that mark van Rijk's voice rang out clear and firm 
what revenge dost propose to take peter bald he asked the other thus directly challenged by the man whose influence was paramount in ghent just now looked round at his friends for approval seeing nothing but eager flushed faces and eyes that glowed in response to his suggestion the pride of leadership entered his soul he was a fine tall lad who yesterday had done prodigies of valor against the spanish cavalry now he had been gesticulating with both arms above his head so that he was easily distinguishable in the crowd by those who had a clear view and in order to emphasize his spokesmanship his friends hoisted him above their shoulders and bearing him aloft they forged their way through the throng until they reached the centre of the main aisle here they paused and peter bald could sweep the entire crowd with his enthusiastic glance what i revenge would take he said boldly nay let me rather ask what revenge must we take citizens of ghent the tyrant even now has abused the most sacred laws of humanity which bid every man to respect the messengers of peace he is disloyal and ignoble and false why should we be honorable and just he neither appreciates our loyalty nor respects our valor let us then act in the only way which he can understand citizens we have two thousand prisoners in the cellars of our guildhouses two thousand walloons who under the banner of our common tyrant have fought against us their nearest kindred i propose that we kill those two thousand prisoners and send their heads to the tyrant as a direct answer to this last outrage yes yes well said came from every side from the younger artisans and the apprentices the hot-headed faction amongst all these brave men brave themselves but writhing under the terrible humiliation which they had just endured and thirsting for anything that savoured of revenge yes yes the axe for them send their heads to the tyrant well spoken peter bald they cried the others remained silent many even amongst the older men perhaps would have echoed the younger one's call cruelty breeds cruelty and oppression breeds callous thoughts of revenge individually there was hardly a man there who was capable of such an act of atrocious barbarism as the murder of a defenceless prisoner but for years now these people had groaned under such abominable tyranny had seen such acts of wanton outrage perpetrated against them and all those they held dear that collectively their sense of rightful retribution had been warped and they had imbibed some of the lessons of reprisals from their execrable masters at the foot of the altar rails the group of leaders who stood as a phalanx around mark van Rijk, their chief waited quietly whilst the wave of enthusiasm for ball's proposal rose and swelled and mounted higher and higher until it seemed to pervade the whole of the sacred edifice and then gradually subsided into more restrained if not less enthusiastic determination we will do it said one of ball's most fervent adherents it is only justice and it is the law which the tyrant understands the law of might it is the law which he himself has taught us said another the law of retributive justice the law of treachery of rapine and of outrage now broke in mark's firm clear voice once more it rose above the tumult above the hubbub which centred round the person of peter bald it rang against the pillars and echoed from end to end of the aisle are we miserable rabble that we even dream of murder not of murder cried bald in challenge only of revenge your revenge thundered mark do you dare speak of it 
in the house of him who says i will repay god is on our side he will forgive cried some of them everything except outrage what you propose is a deed worthy only of hell no no bald is right magnanimity has had its day but for this truce to-day who knows we might have been masters of the castile will the murdering of helpless prisoners aid your cause then it will at least satisfy our craving for revenge right right bald they all exclaimed do not heed what van Reich says we will fight to-morrow die to-morrow they cried and blacken your souls to-day retorted mark the tumult grew more wild dissension had begun to sow its ugly seed among these men whom a common danger united heroism and courage had knit so closely together the grim silent majestic determination of a while ago was giving place slowly to rabid frenzied calls of hatred to ugly oaths glowing eyes and faces heated with passion the presence of the dozen elderly patricians and burghers still bareheaded and shoeless still with the rope around their necks helped to fan up the passions which their misfortunes had aroused for the moment however the hot-headed malcontents were still greatly in the minority but the danger of dissent of mutiny was there and the set expression on the faces of the leaders the stern look in mark van Rijk's eyes testified that they were conscious of its presence then it was that right through this tumult which had spread from the building itself to the precincts and even beyond a woman's cry rang out with appalling clearness it was not a cry of terror rather one of command but so piercing was it that for the moment every other cry was stilled peter ball's adherents were silenced and suddenly over this vast assembly wherein but a few seconds ago passions ran riot there fell a hush a tension of every nerve a momentary lull of every heart-beat as with the prescience of something momentous to which that woman's cry was only the presage and in the midst of that sudden hush the cry was heard again more clearly this time and closer to the cathedral porch so that the words came quite distinctly let me get to him take me to your leader i must speak with him at once and like distant thunder the clamour rose again men and women shouted and called the words spaniard and spy were easily distinguishable the crowd could be seen to sway to be moving like a huge wave all in one direction toward the porch hundreds of faces showed plainly in the dull gray light as necks were craned to catch a glimpse of the woman who had screamed but evidently with but rare exceptions the crowd was not hostile those who had cried out the word spy were obviously in the minority with death looming so near with deadly danger to every woman in the city within sight every instinct of chivalry toward the weak was at its greatest height those inside the cathedral could see that the crowd was parting in order to let two women move along and that the men in the forefront elbowed away for them so that they should not be hindered on their way it was the taller of the two women who had uttered the piteous yet commanding appeal let me go to him take me to your leader i must speak with him she reiterated that appeal now at the south porch to which she had been literally carried by the crowd outside and here suddenly three stalwart men belonging to one of the city guilds took as it were possession of her and her companion and with vigorous play of elbows and of staves 
forged a way for them both right up to the altar rails even whilst in the west end of the church the enthusiastic tumult around peter bald which this fresh incident had momentarily stilled arose with renewed vigour and the young artisans and apprentices once more took up their cry revenge death to all the prisoners the woman who was wrapped up in a long black mantle and hood fell panting exhausted breathless almost at mark van Rijk's feet and murmured hoarsely five thousand troops are on their way to ghent they will be here within two hours save yourselves if you can her voice hardly rose above a whisper mark alone heard every word she said he stooped and placing two fingers under her chin with a quick and firm gesture he lifted up the woman's head so that her hood fell back and the light from the east window struck full upon her face and her golden hair i come straight from the castile she said more clearly now for she was gradually recovering her breath let your friends kill me if they will the duke of alva swore a false oath a messenger left even last night for dendermond how do you know this queried mark quietly greta and i heard the duke speak of it all with my father just now she replied he asked for the truce in order to gain time he hopes that the troops from dendermond will be here before nightfall the guards at the gatehouses are under arms and three thousand men are inside the castile ready to rush out the moment the troops are in sight it was impossible to doubt her story those who stood nearest to her passed it on to their neighbors and the news travelled like wildfire from end to end of the church they are on us five thousand spaniards from dendermond to annihilate us all god have mercy on our souls god have mercy on our women and children panic seized a great many there they rushed and scrambled out of the building running blindly like sheep and spread the terrible news through the streets calling loudly to god to save them all the panic very naturally spread to the women and children who thronged the streets at this hour and to the silent workers who had quietly continued their work of burial soon all the market squares were filled with shrieking men women and children who ran about aimlessly with wild gestures and cries of lamentation those who had kept indoors all to-day either fearing the crowds or piously preparing for death came rushing out to see what new calamity was threatening them or whether the supreme hour had indeed struck for them all inside the cathedral the cries of revenge were stilled dulled was the lust to kill the immense danger which had been forgotten for a moment in that frantic thirst for revenge made its deathly presence felt once more pallid faces and wide-open terror-filled eyes were turned toward the one man whose personality seemed still to radiate the one great ray of hope but just for a moment mark van Rijk seemed quite oblivious of that wave of sighs and fears which tended toward him now and swept all thought of mutiny away he was supporting lenora who was gradually regaining strength and consciousness just for a few seconds he allowed tumult and terror to seethe unheeded around him just for those few seconds he forgot death and danger his friends the world everything save that lenora had come to him at the hour when his heart yearned for her more passionately than ever before and that she was looking up into his face with eyes that told so plainly the whole extent of her love for him only a few seconds then he handed her over to the gentle care of father vanderschlitt but as with infinite gentleness he finally released himself from her clinging arms he murmured in her ear 
god reward you madonna with your love as my shield i feel that i could conquer the universe then he faced the terror-stricken crowd once more burghers and artisans of ghent he called loudly we have two hours before us the perjured tyrant is bringing five thousand fresh troops against us if by nightfall we have not conquered our city is doomed and all of us who have survived and all our women and children will be slaughtered like sheep to arms cried the leaders jan van magrode and levin van danes pierre de Noot, and the others to arms was echoed by a goodly number of the crowd but a great many were silent despair had gripped them with its icy talon the hopelessness of it all had damped their enthusiasm five thousand fresh troops they murmured and there are less than four thousand of us all told we cannot conquer came from peter bald's friends at the west end of the church let us at least take our revenge yes revenge death to the walloons they cried revenge yes exclaimed mark van Rijk. let us be revenged on the liar the tyrant the perjurer let us show him no mercy and extort from him by brute force that which he has refused us all these years civil and religious freedom van Rijk, thou art raving broke in the men who stood nearest to him some of them his most ardent supporters alva by nightfall will have three times the numbers we have the gates will be opened to his fresh troops we must seize the castile and the gates before then he retorted how can we we made several assaults yesterday we have not enough men we have half an hour wherein to increase their numbers thou art raving they cried not one able-bodied man but was fighting yesterday not half their number knew how to handle pike or lance musket or crossbow then we must find two thousand men who are trained soldiers and know all that there is to know about fighting that would make it a two-to-one fight burghers of ghent which one of you cannot account for two spaniards when the lives of your women and your children depend on the strength of your arm two thousand men the cry came from everywhere cry of doubt of hope of irony or of defiance how are we to get them where can we get them from come with me and i'll show you retorts mark and he immediately makes for the door the other leaders stick close to him as one man as do all those who have been standing near the altar rails and those who saw him even when first he turned to them all with eyes glowing with the fire of the most ardent patriotism with the determination to die if need be but by god to try and conquer first it was only those who were in the rear of the crowd or in the side aisles who did not come immediately under the spell of that magnetic personality of that burning enthusiasm which from its lexicon had erased the word failure but even they were carried off their feet by the human wave which now swept out of the cathedral by the south door bearing upon it the group of rebel leaders with mark's broad shoulders and closely cropped head towering above the others the throng was soon swelled to huge proportions by all those who had been hanging about in the precincts all the afternoon unable to push their way into the crowded edifice the tumult and the clamour which they made added to the cries of those who were running in terror through the streets made a pandemonium of sounds which was almost hellish in its awful suggestion of terror of confusion and of misery but those who still believed in the help of god 
those in whom faith in the justice of their cause was allied with the sublime determination of martyrs were content to follow their hero blindly vaguely marvelling what his purpose could be whilst the malcontents in the rear rallying round peter bald once more began to murmur of death and of revenge mark led the crowd across the wide cathedral square to the guild-house of the armourers the fine building with the tall crow-stepped gables and the magnificent carved portico to which a double flight of fifteen stone steps and wrought-iron balustrade gave access he ran up the steps and stood with his back to the portico fronting the crowd every one could see him now from the remotest corners of the square many had invaded the houses round and heads appeared at all the windows burghers of ghent he called aloud we have to conquer or we must die there are less than four thousand of us at this moment fit to bear arms against alva's hordes which still number seven five thousand more of them are on their way to complete the destruction of our city to murder our wives and our children and to desecrate our homes we want two thousand well-trained soldiers to oppose them and inflict on the tyrant such a defeat as will force him to grant us all that we fight for liberty how wilt do that friend of the leather mask queried some of the men ironically how wilt find two thousand well-trained soldiers follow me and i will show you he turned and went into the building the whole crowd following him as one man the huge vaulted hall of the guild-house was filled in every corner with walloon prisoners the fruit of the first day's victory they were lying or sitting about the floor some of them playing hazard with scraps of leather cut from their belts others watched them or merely stared straight in front of them with a sullen look of hopelessness they were the ones who had wives and children at home or merely who had served some time under alva's banner and had learned from him how prisoners should be treated when the leaders of the insurrection with mark van Rijk at their head made eruption into the hall followed by a tumultuous throng the walloons as if moved by a blind instinct threw aside their games and all retreated to the furthest end of the hall like a phalanx of frightened men who have not even the power to sell their lives many of those who had rushed in in mark's wake were the malcontents whose temper peter bald's hot-headed words had inflamed awed by the presence of their leaders they still held themselves in check but the walloons from their place of retreat crowded together and terrified saw many a glowing face distorted by the passion to kill many an eye fixed upon them with glowering hatred and an obvious longing for revenge then mark called out now then friends in two hours time the tyrant will have twelve thousand troops massed against us we have two thousand well-trained soldiers within our guild-houses who are idle at this moment here are five hundred of them the others are close by with their help we can crush the tyrant fight him till we conquer and treat him as he would have treated us here is your revenge for his insults get your brothers to forswear their allegiance and to fight by your side a gasp went right through the hall which now was packed closely with men the five hundred walloon prisoners huddled together at one end and some four thousand men of ghent filling every corner of the vast arcaded hall in the very midst of them all mark van Rijk hoisted up on the shoulders of his friends with gleaming eyes and quivering voice awaited their reply the malcontents were the first to make their voices heard these traitors they shouted the paid mercenaries of alva art crazy van Rijk? the spanish women have cajoled thee 
some of them exclaimed with a curse or offered thee a bribe from the tyrant cried others we'll hang thee along with the prisoners if thou darest to turn against us added peter bald spitefully hang me then friends an ye list he said with a loud laugh but let me speak while ye get the gallows ready walloons he added turning to the prisoners who were regarding him with utter bewilderment in which past terror still held sway ye are our kith and kin together we have groaned under the most execrable tyrant the world has ever known to-day i offer you the power to strike one blow at the tyrant a blow from which he will never recover a blow which will help you to win that which every netherlander craves for liberty will ye help us to strike that blow and cover yourselves with glory ay ay came from the walloons with one stupendous cry of hope and of relief will you fight with us yes die with us yes for the freedom of the netherlands for liberty they cried but all the while murmurings were going on among the flemings their hatred of the walloons who had borne arms against their own native land and for its subjugation under the heel of an alien master was greater almost than their hatred against the spaniards the walloons horror they shouted even whilst mark was infusing some of his own ardent enthusiasm into the veins of those five hundred prisoners shame on thee van Rijk! whilst one man who has remained nameless to history cried out loudly traitor ay traitor thou retorted van Rijk, who wouldst prefer the lust of killing to that of victory burghers of ghent he continued in the name of our sacred motherland i entreat you release these men let me have them as soldiers under our banner let me have them as brothers to fight by our side you would shed their blood and steep your souls in crime let them shed theirs for liberty and cover themselves with glory yes yes came from the leaders and from the phalanx of fighting men who stood closest to their hero yes yes release them let them fight for us the call was taken back and echoed and re-echoed until the high vaulted roof rang with the enthusiastic shouts walloons will you fight with us they asked to the death replied the prisoners one country one people one kindred rejoined mark with solemn earnestness henceforth there will be neither flemings nor walloons just netherlanders standing shoulder to shoulder to crush the tyrant of us all netherlanders orange and liberty cried walloons and flemings in unison give them back their own arms provost commanded mark our untrained men have not known how to use them and follow me friends we have not gathered our reinforcements together yet in half an hour we shall have two thousand brothers under our flag long live leatherface to arms brothers were the last shouts which rang through the hall ere mark van Rijk led his followers away to the nearest guildhouse and then to the next where two thousand walloon prisoners were by the magic of his patriotism and his enthusiasm transformed into two thousand friends once more the roar of artillery and of musketry fills the air it is long before the evening angelus has begun to ring but from far away the news has come to every captain at the city gates that reinforcements are on the way from dendermond no one can respect a truce which hid the blackest perfidy ever perpetrated by a tyrannical master against a brave people as soon as the news has filtrated into the heart of the city the oranges rush to their arms reinforced by two thousand trained troops their battle-cry becomes triumphant netherlands orange and liberty resounds defiantly 
from end to end of the city the besieging force rush the castile they sow the open tract of ground around the moat with their heroic dead again and again they rush for the breach culverins and falconets upon the ramparts are useless after a while and a shower of heavy stones falls upon the plucky assailants there are five hundred walloon bowmen now who know how to shoot straight and some musketeers who vie with the spaniards for precision they cover the advance of the halberdiers and the pikemen who return to the charge with the enthusiasm born of renewed hope the bruges gate has fallen the walport is in the insurgents hands captain serbaloni at the brayport is hard pressed and up in the meest torren of the castile alva paces up and down like a caged tiger bracamont or nightfall he cries with desperate rage for he cannot understand why the dendermond troops are detained surely that rabble has not seized all the gates twice he has ordered a sortie twice the moat has received a fresh shower of dead the breach has become wider the orangest halberdiers are fighting foot by foot up the walls they have succeeded in throwing their bridge made of pikes and lances across the moat and soon they are crossing in their hundreds heavens above how come they to be so numerous captain de avila has been severely wounded three younger captains have been killed the orangest falconets a light piece of artillery and not easy to use works incessantly upon the breach alva himself is everywhere his doublet and hose are torn too his breastplate and tassets are riddled with arrow-shot he bleeds profusely from the hand his face is unrecognizable beneath a covering of smoke and grime rage and fear have made him hideous not fear of personal danger for to this he is wholly indifferent but fear of defeat of humiliation of the heavy reprisals which that contemptible rabble will exact he insults his soldiers and threatens them in turn he snatches musket or crossbow directs leads commands and sees his wildest hopes shattered one by one the din and confusion from the city itself is hardly heard above the awful pandemonium which reigns in and around the besieged castile the vlieshaus on the scheld is a mass of flames the roof suddenly falls in with a terrific crash which seems to shake the very earth to its depths there is not a single window left in the mistoren and the rooms as well as the yard below are littered with broken glass we have no more balls left magnificence reports the captain in charge of the artillery what must we do do cries the duke of alva fiercely throw yourself into the moat or get the musketeers to turn their muskets against you for of a certainty you will be massacred within the hour inside the city it is hell let loose fighting hand to hand pike to pike goes on in every street on every bridge under every doorway ay even beneath the cathedral porch the doors of the houses have all been broken open and men who are wounded and exhausted crawl under them for shelter and safety the women and children had all been ordered to go inside their own homes before the first battle-cry of the oranges rang out a goodly number of them however took refuge in the churches and there were defended by companies of walloons posted at the doors the bridges are fought for inch by inch when at last they fall into the hands of the oranges they are destroyed one by one hell let loose indeed desperate men fighting for freedom against a tyrant who has never known defeat the evening angelus was never rung on that lord's day the feast of the holy redeemer but at the hour when day first fades into evening 
mark van Rijk, superb undaunted and glowing now with the ardor of victory leads the final assault on the castile netherlanders for liberty he cries a stone has hit his shoulder there is a huge cut across his face the sleeve has been torn right out of his doublet his bare arm and the hand which wields an unconquered sword gleams like metal in the fast-gathering twilight to the breach he calls and is the first to scramble down the declivity of the moat and on to the heap of masonry which fills the moat here to the top of the bank an arrow aimed at his head pierces his right arm a stone hurled from above falls at his feet and raises a cloud of dust which blinds him a heavy fragment hits him on the head he stumbles and falls backwards down to the brink of the moat never mind me he calls for liberty netherlanders the castile is yours hold on he has managed to hold on for dear life to the rough stones on the declivity crawling along the top of the bank to escape being trampled on by the pikemen the latter have a hot time at the breach the spanish musketeers under the duke of alva's own eyes are firing with remarkable accuracy and extraordinary rapidity whilst from the ramparts the shower of heavy stones makes deadly havoc twice the walloons have given ground they are led by lawrence van Rijk now who twice returns to the charge mark struggles to his feet hold on walloons the castile is ours he cries and while the walloons continue the desperate fighting at the breach he gathers together a company of flemish swordsmen the pick of his little army those who have stuck closely to him throughout the past two days who have fought every minute who have been decimated lost their provosts and their captains but have never once cried halt and never thought of giving in a hundred or so of them are all that is left they carry their sword in their right hand and a pistol in their left they follow mark round the walls to where the moat melts into the wide tract of morass which surrounds the northeast side of the castile the shadow from the high walls falls across the marshy ground the men move round silently whilst behind them at the breach and on the bridge the noise of musketry and falling masonry drowns every other sound now the men halt and still in silence they strip to their skins then with their pistols in their right hand and their sword between their teeth they plunge ankle-deep into the mud they are men of ghent every one of them men of the low countries who know their morasses as mariners know the sea they know how to keep their foothold in these slimy tracts where strangers would inevitably be sucked into a hideous grave they make their way to the foot of the wall they move like ghosts now and are well-nigh waist-deep in the mud night closes in rapidly round them behind them the sky is suffused with the crimson reflection of an autumnal sunset their arms chests and backs are shiny with sweat their hot breath comes and goes rapidly with excitement and the scent of danger which hovers behind them in that yawning morass and ahead of them on the parapet of those walls victory waits for you my men says mark in a commanding voice up on yonder wall whoever is for orange and for liberty follow me then he starts to climb and one by one the men follow what atoms they look up on those high walls crawling creeping scrambling with hands and knees and feet clinging to the unevenness in the masonry or scraps of coarse grass that give them foothold like ants crawling up a heap on they go their bare backs reflect the crimson glow of the sun mark their hero leads the way his torn arm and lacerated shoulder leave a trail of blood upon the stones at the breach the walloons 
must be hard-pressed for cries of triumph follow each volley from the spanish musketry on on netherlanders for orange and liberty now mark has reached the top his arm is over the parapet then his knee the lookout man has seen him he shoulders his musket to give the alarm but before he can fire mark is on him and three more flemings now have scrambled over the wall this portion of the castile is never seriously guarded the morass is thought to be impassable and forms the only guard on the northeast wall but these men of ghent have conquered the morass and they are on the walls and have overpowered the lookout men ere these have had time to scream naked sweating bleeding at hands and knees they look like wraths from some inferno down below they rush down helter-skelter into the castle-yard the spanish musketeers caught in their rear whence they never expected attack down their weapons and run with a mad suave capoot to the shelter of the mist torren the walloons not understanding what has happened see the spaniards running and seize the lucky moment laurence van Rijk leads them through the breach and they rush into the yard with pikes and halberds fixed and fill it suddenly with their cry of triumph then they fight their way round to the gatehouse and lower the bridge and the flemings in their turn come pouring into the castile within ten minutes every spaniard inside the castile has laid down his arms the stronghold is in the hands of the orangists and mark van Rijk, up on the iron balcony outside the duke of alva's council chamber surrounded by his naked stalwarts demands the surrender of the lieutenant-governor of the netherlands in the name of orange and of liberty then without a sigh or a groan he throws up his arms and those who are nearest to him are only just in time to catch him ere he falls End of chapter 18